0: Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Lara Samara. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. Here we are, another episode of Fishers of Men. We are recording from my Glendale apartment. We have on the show today Jacqueline Zook, and she is a good friend of ours, and we have known her for a few years, and she's had a incredible journey these last <laughs> three or four years that I've, we've known you. So we just brought her on because we wanted to talk to her a little bit about that. Um, so Jack, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story?
1: Okay, um, I am Jacqueline Sook, and I have found myself, I guess, I'm just going to dive right in since this is a dating show. Yeah. I, I was married, and to be honest with you, I never really saw myself as married. I, I moved out here and just thought like career was really like on the forefront, and that was never like um, something that I... I even like thought about, um, until I met my ex-husband and when I met him, I was like sure that that was who God had made for me. Um, and I was married for two and a half years and, and our marriage was very rocky. Um, we were rookies and we were um, we were not good rookies. <laughs> mm. And we needed a lot of help, I think, um, from the very beginning. What do you um, mean by rookies? Like in dating experience or? No, rookies in marriage. So I think like once you make that transition from dating to marriage. Also, and sorry, let me just back up a little bit not just in the sense of, um, like navigating those things. Cause those things all seem on the surface, very simple. And it's like, okay, we'll just like, you know, get premarital counseling on money. I think the biggest thing too, is that when you go into marriage, you also have to deal with yourself. You have to really, really be mm-hmm. honest with yourself and know yourself. So conflict that comes up most of the time has a lot to do with something that has happened to you in your past. Like we all, um, have soft spots and tender spots and, and you know, spots that we don't let a lot of people touch and those are going to get triggered in marriage. And so truly understanding yourself and like, Oh, this is how I feel this way. And maybe I shouldn't handle it by like an outburst of anger and yelling. Maybe I should go, Oh, this is what's happening to me right now. Well, where is this coming from? Why did that happen? Can we talk through it? And so we just, from like the very get go, didn't handle that well and needed help I am like a firm believer in counseling I think everybody needs therapy um, and I really resisted that in the beginning of our um, of our marriage I think because I thought that it would somehow make us a failure like oh we needed help we needed like we should just be able to figure this out um, and as a result of that we got help too late um, mm-hmm. and he ended up so we there was a, a lot of blow-ups that kind of happened um, and towards the end, his, I feel like the support, even the support that we had around us, like we slow, it, it wasn't until the end that we let our friends kind of know what was going on and that we needed help. But that support wasn't strong enough because his family sort of stepped in and they kind of became not for us. So there, we kind of got two different camps of like, I guess, help, if you would say, but none of it was really supportive or, like, for the team as a whole. And we, we got into counseling about 10 weeks before he left, and then he ended up leaving very unexpectedly. It was not I, – I, I didn't – it was completely out of the blue. Um, I mean, I knew we were in trouble, but it wasn't an option for me. It being divorce? Divorce. Mm-hmm.
0: Can I back you up just a little mm-hmm. bit before you go on? Uh, how long have you known each other? How long did you date? How long were you engaged?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we dated for a year and four months. Um, and we, we basically started dating like right as we met. Um, I met him in church. And like from the minute we started dating, he, I mean, he was like a hopeless romantic. He totally swept me off my feet. And, and I think pretty early on, like within the first six months, we, or after I guess we had been dating six months, we started talking about um, marriage and, and a life together. And so he proposed a year and four months in, and then we were engaged for only four months. I have kind of a unique situation because my dad's a football coach, so we couldn't get married during football season. <laughs> so it was either we got married before football season, or we waited till after football season, which would have been over or like you know a year yep. later. So we chose to get married before, and then we were married for two and a half years.
0: Wow. Um,
1: yeah, so So did you know that divorce would ever be an option for him, or No. I think we both, I mean, and in fact, like, it was such a shock. I think that's one of the reasons that it was so traumatic was it it was, like, I I never in a million years thought that that would be what he would choose or what I would choose. Mm. Um, I, I, I just figured that we would make it through and we would somehow, like, figure it out, but... Um, yeah, I never in a million years thought that that would be something that he would choose. And most of our friends, like, even when I was saying, like, this is bad, this is bad, we need help, they were like, but he's not going to leave. He is not going to leave. And when he did, people were like, he what? Mm -hmm. Like, this person who we've known for years and we, you know, I mean, because he, at the end of the day, it's not like he's like a monster or a bad guy or anything. Like, he was a wonderful man. And I think that's why like I, my my situation is pretty unique in the sense that like the day he left um he, I haven't seen him since he excommunicated like he just sort of like cut everything off cut all the friends ever like we had mutually he cut out of his life and I have not run into him since that which is is like it's very atypical for a divorce like most couples like see each other and you know, but but he we did not we have not seen each other so I think that there's there was a lot of wrestling for me of wanting like a a closure conversation mm-hmm. and never really getting that so it's kind of more like a death in a way mm-hmm. yeah I think that's a great I almost think and and in, uh, in some respects it almost would have been easier to have a death because you would be like okay well then they. Really this argument. is why yeah there's an explanation right and for me there was like this constant like I would have reoccurring dreams of I like I would see him and I would ask him and right before like why he left and right before he would answer like I would either wake up or like he would start to answer and I couldn't understand what he was saying or someone would come in and take him away hmm. so it was it was a lot of wrestling a lot of wrestling with that
0: did you try to get in touch with him? Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, um, from the minute he left, I was praying for reconciliation. I did not, like, you could not have told me that we were, like, God was not going to reconcile our our marriage. So did you try to get in touch with him after he left? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I did. I uh, from the the day he left, I believed that we were going to be reconciled. I prayed for reconciliation. I believed that the Lord was going to reconcile our relationship, even though like everything looked like no, that's not going to happen. I, you couldn't have told me that that wasn't going to happen. Um, the word says that what He has made one, let not man separate. Mm-hmm. And and I was just like standing on that. And I really feel like in in that waiting period and in that trusting period, my intimacy with the Lord, it became it, it like so sweet and so strong. And I was relying on the Lord for everything. And it was, it was like, he really like grew me like that, that, um, passage in Hosea where it says, I will take you to the desert and you will call me husband and not master. And I will speak tenderly to you. Like, that was what mm-hmm. I, I mean. Like, that's really what I was going through was I was in the desert and the Lord was like, my comfort, my husband, my love, my support, like everything. Mm. And so, uh, I did originally, um, like I even hired my lawyer based on the fact that they would reach out to his lawyer and say, try to negotiate, like, let's do six months apart. And then, you know, let's do counseling. Um, like every other lawyer was like, I'm not going to do that. And so I would, I wouldn't hire a lawyer until they said that they would do that. Um, and the, uh, I I reached out to him several times through email, and then I really, like, worked on myself. I I started going to therapy and just for myself and really understanding why the marriage was hard for me, which was, like, a huge gift, Um, and then I reached out to him, I guess, five months later, like... Because he wasn't really returning... Like, he would return logistical stuff, like, if we had to do anything with the lawyer paperwork. But, like, he wasn't responding to... So, nothing. Not even,
0: like, following up with you. Hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Nothing. It was or, all I'll just like I'll come business. get my stuff. Or... Nothing. <laughs> well, wow.
1: I mean, that's why, like, my situation was so weird, was, like, he had it all planned. Mm-hmm. So... I I went to New York shortly after well the weekend after he fought he served me and that weekend his parents he and his parents went into our apartment and like took everything that they, that was his and that he wanted from what we got had together and and so he, there was no reason mm-hmm. like he he was like I'm out and then I I very much wanted I wanted that conversation, but I didn't want to, like, bust in on him. Like, you know, like, I I didn't want to go to his work and, like, demand it. I wanted it to be... Something he wanted. Yeah, something he wanted, too. And, like, that's where I was really resting in the Lord for him to, like, soften his heart on that. And then I asked for, like, a coffee meeting. And he said, I won't meet you for coffee, but I will have a phone call with you. And so we got on the phone... And I basically just like apologized i I made sure he knew that I recognized like where I was wrong. I really believe that divorce is two people. it's not one person, there's no victim in it. It takes two people in a relationship, and it's fifty fifty and I wanted to own my part of it mm. and and i and i I was not a peach to be married to <laughs> so i I owned that and um And I told him how much I loved him and, you know, basically just asked for additional meetings and asked to, like, work on it. And then we had, like, one more phone call after that, but only – it was about taxes, like Mm – and it was, like, a three-way conversation with our accountant. So what's his response to your apology? Well, he – I mean, he said thank you, but he was very – it was like I was talking to a different person. He kind of gave some, like, weird answers about getting in a boat and sailing on a different path. And it was very, like, kind of poetic. But I was like, what? I don't know (laughs) what you're saying right now. And that's kind of how it was. Like, it was, like, it was a lot of, I felt, like, deception. Because even Mm -hmm. when he, when he, so somebody served me. Like, somebody came to the door and served me papers. And then he called after that. Like, it was out of the blue. And I was, like, begging him not to do it. And, like, he started using scripture about, like, how when God calls us out of the boat. And I was like, whoa. That's completely That is a lie. Yes. Like, that is (laughs) twisting scripture. (laughs) That Um, is so not what that um, is about. So it was just, it was kind of a lot of that and a lot of, like, around and around in circles of, like, not really. Yeah. Like, because I asked him several times, like, I want to understand why you left and he would just say like I, like you're searching for something that I can't give you. And I was like I, what?
0: Are you comfortable in saying like period of, like the age of like him and you like you guys were around like late 20s, early mm-hmm. 30s, mid 20s, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, like, I I was we were both 28 when we got married. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So later. So it wasn't like he was like this dumb 21 year old Mm -hmm. that's like checking out because he just didn't know any better. He was a fully formed man. You would assume. (laughs) You would assume. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so.
0: And now, then, thank you for letting us know kind of your context. How long was it before you felt like dating was a possibility again? So you are dating somebody now, mm-hmm. but that took—that took a while, a while. And you, as I remember, you had like maybe a couple of people you may have dated, but it wasn't very long. Like, so can you walk us through that mm-hmm. process of like, okay, divorce is final, but I'm sure even before that, you were already like trying to start the healing mm-hmm. and absolutely it, that took a long time to even get over. And I'm sure even now there's still residual pain. Mm -hmm. Like something like that doesn't just go away. Right.
1: So one of the most beautiful things about what the Lord did just before my divorce was even final, my divorce took an entire year. So he filed November 13th of 2013 Hmm. and my divorce was final November 7th of 2014. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like an entire year. And, through that year, like, as I mentioned, I I was going to therapy, and also that the Lord was just, like, just drawing me close, and I was totally dependent on Him. Every step that I walked through, first of all, I had a mentor that walked through that with me, and my relationship with the Lord grew, my faith grew, my understanding of myself grew, and... Because I had prayed that entire time for reconciliation, I still don't have bitterness towards him. Like, even I'm like, oh my gosh, am I making him sound terrible on this? Like, I do not, I'm not mad at him. Mm-hmm. I don't have bitterness towards him. Y- yes, there's definitely pain. I would not wish divorce on my worst enemy. Mm. The pain that I've, I, it's like pain like I had never ever experienced. And I would think like, when will I ever feel normal again Mm. when will I ever feel like 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 I'm going to be able to live again but God has brought so much beauty from the ashes just Mm. in that first year of healing like even before I could even like have the conception of of a thought about dating again and I feel like that was mainly just in like healing the brokenness in myself and in my past, like stuff that I brought into the marriage. And then also healing and brokenness and forgiveness for myself of what I had done in the marriage. And I also think like, I think one of the saddest things for me was like, I knew that I would be a different wife. I knew that I would be a better wife Mm -hmm. and I wanted that chance Mm -hmm. with him. And so after it was, so it was final in November, and then um, there was a guy that I actually went on a date with in, De- like, right before Christmas. I agreed to go to coffee with him, and I only agreed because he, I had heard him speak on pain, mm-hmm. and he was, um and I, I, I saw his love for the Lord, and he had also gone through a divorce, and so I felt safe, like, okay, no matter what, this guy understands, like, the trauma that I've been through, and so... Like no matter what, I can I can at least like be his friend and go to coffee. So we went to coffee and it was a disaster. <laughs> I ended up like driving home crying. Um, and he's a, he's a wonderful guy. We were just it was very clear that like this was never going to work. <laughs> and, um, so and then I was like, okay, <laughs> not dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like a few like I got asked out on some dates, and mm-hmm. I would go and I would I would feel especially with the men that I went on dates with that didn't hadn't gone through a divorce, I was like, I just didn't, I was like, you don't understand this. That I, like, you don't understand mm-hmm. this. Like, and it was almost a little bit like, um, like they were a little intimidated by the love that I had had for Cameron. Mm-hmm. And that, and that was like very, that became very evident to me in this one particular, my first sort of, like shot at actually trying to date somebody like for an extended period of time, which let me back up, I guess a little bit. So I went on like a few dates here and there and, and really just could feel my guard up. Like could Mm -hmm. feel like you will not hurt me again. Like I I will not be hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I guess it was like in August of last year. So it had been, no, sorry, excuse me. it It was in July of last year. It had been almost two years since he had filed so like a year almost a year since I guess eight months since um it was completely final um I met a guy who loved the Lord and and he did Ironmans and like (laughs) I remember thinking okay if you can do an Ironman like you are never gonna quit anything Mm -hmm. um and that was, like, the biggest, like, other than the fact that he loved Jesus, like, the biggest draw for me was that, like, you're not going to quit. And we dated, and our biggest conflict was over him feeling intimidated by my past relationship and feeling like, and he, he brought up several times, like, I don't think you're over your your ex-husband. Mm. Yeah, that's hard. And I actually think in a lot of ways, in ways that he, like, not in the ways that he thought, but I think in some ways he was right. Um, and it, it wasn't like I, I wasn't ready to date. Like I had asked the Lord, I think one of the biggest things, it doesn't matter timeline wise, like, um, you know, if it takes you a year, two years, three years, two months, whatever it was for me, I had asked the Lord, can I start dating again? Like, is that like, do I feel released? Like, Lord, am I okay to do this? And I felt like God had said yes to me. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm not ready. But what was what was really interesting about that relationship was there's only so much you can learn and you can, like, grow in on your own. Yeah. Until you, like, have somebody else in your life. And yeah. you're like, oh, now i got to actually, right. like, put these concepts to, to yeah. work. Yeah, right, right. it's like a mirror. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It totally is.
1: So that, I felt like this, like, I dated him for about five months and it was long distance, which I don't recommend. But it was it was kind of like putting the rubber to the road of like, oh, okay, I thought I was like, you know, ready to be this perfect girlfriend now that I've got like all these concepts in my head. And I was mm. like, ooh, okay, now I've got to like figure this out. Um, and eventually it just became like this, you know, it was like the healthiest ending to a relationship. It was like, this doesn't work. You know, one, it's long distance. Two, he felt like I wasn't over my ex-husband and... Three, it was, like, I actually, looking back now, I'm like, oh, our personalities really didn't match. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's a great guy, and, and he, you know, he's wonderful, but we didn't work. Yeah. And so after that, I was sort of done. I was like, you know, I think that, um, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and I had told Jesus at that point, and even before... I said, Jesus, if it's just you and me, it's just you and me, and I am okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking into a grocery store once and, like, having this thought of, like, wanting to be told I was pretty and wanting to be told, like, I was cherished and loved by a man. And I literally, like, in my spirit said to God, then you're going to have to tell me that. Mm -hmm. And I trust you that you're going to tell me that. And I, I just remember being like, it is well. It is so well with my soul right now. Like, if I am alone. I am alone. And that's okay because I'm not really alone. Like, I may appear that way, but, like, it is okay. Yeah. And so it's interesting because that's about the time that God brought Jeff into my life. <laughs> and Jeff has a very sim- similar story to mine, um, which I think is so helpful and so beautiful because – um uh, so Jeff is my boyfriend and we've been we've been dating for five months now um and he his wife also left and he also prayed for reconciliation and it did not happen and I remember like saying to him did you ever feel this way and I would say something and he would go oh my gosh yes did you ever feel this way and like I already had this like kind of foundational yeah. groundwork with him where he, and he wasn't threatened by my pain. He wasn't threatened by this other person in my life. He wasn't threatened by any of that. Because yeah. he knows how it feels. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And he didn't feel threatened by Mm-mm. his story either. Yeah. In a lot of ways, like, there's been a few things, or a few times where we've, like, called each other out on things, like, I know why you're doing that. Like, he would kind of say to me, um, <laughs> just like an example, um, he would be like, okay, so what are you doing? like later. What are you doing later today? And so I would tell him like, you know, I'm probably going to do this or that or whatever. He'd be like, "Okay, cool." And then and then and, wh- and what are you doing after that? And I was like, "Are you afraid that I'm going to reject you? Like if you ask me on a date?" And he's like, "Yes." <laughs> and I like it, but I don't think I would have like understood that mm-hmm. had I not been had I not like felt the deep pain of rejection. Mhm. And, it, and, it, and so, like, even in this, like, relationship where you're, like, super secure and you're, like, I know this person mm-hmm. loves, you, lo- loves me, you're still, like, kind of inching forward of, like, Ugh, are you going to – is it okay for us to hang yeah. out? You know? Yeah. Stuff like that. And I also think, like, one of the most beautiful things, too, is we were talking recently about – I had this box called the I Don't Know Box. That my friends packed me, packed, when I moved out of my apartment that I lived in with my ex-husband, basically, I couldn't, I was traumatized, I couldn't do anything. So my friends basically packed my entire apartment mm. up. And they would bring me these things from like the wedding or books or pictures or whatever. And I would say, I don't know. So we just put them in this box and we called it the I don't know box. And I, I had this box in my house and I hadn't thought about it in a while and when I was in my first relationship, I went through it, and I threw out some stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't throw out, like, my wedding book or my mm-hmm. engagement book or mm-hmm. some pictures. And I didn't throw out the notes, mm-hmm. the handwritten notes. And so it had been sitting there for a while, and I hadn't thought about it. And Jeff came to me and said that he had gone through storage and thrown out, like, all of this stuff, like, from his wedding. And, and I, I could tell that it was, like, hard. Yeah. And I was like, I-, I know that that is so painful. And, like, I just want to, like, affirm that you loved her. Like, that was so good. Like, you you loved her, and it's okay to hurt. And then I said, I still have my wedding book and my engagement book. And I, I like, didn't know at the time, but it kind of was, like, for him, he was like, oh, what? <laughs> um, and so, like, about a week later, he said, hey, Um, I know why you have that. I know why you didn't throw out the first time. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you're not throwing it out just in case he comes back. Mm -hmm. And no matter if I didn't want to admit it or not, that was the truth. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized I'm ready to throw it out. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like, the commonality that we have had that he can say that and not, and, you know, say to me, like, for me, yeah. I need you to I need you to be okay to throw that out yeah. for us to move forward. And he's absolutely right. Like if yeah. I can't have one foot here mm-hmm. and one foot there, which is why I think my first relationship didn't work yeah. and now this one is. But yeah. I also think because both of us have gone through such intense counseling and done a lot of work on ourselves and like owned our own part and why the first marriages didn't work the communication that we have now is, like, beautiful. Like, we're able to talk through conflict faster than I have ever talked through conflict. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you felt this way? Well, this is where this is coming from. And, okay, well, let's talk about how we can fix that. Okay, great. And, like, it's fixed and, like, we're moved on. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. That's how it's supposed to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be really hard. (laughs) But you have to know yourself that well, you know, to – to be able to like move forward. And I also think another thing that's so beautiful about this relationship is that and we've both said this to each other, I will never take him for granted. Mm-hmm. I will never like I am like you are my gift. You are literally like beauty that God has given me from ash that was I thought like could never be. And I will never take that for granted. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be perfect and that doesn't mean that I'm going to sure. you know not mess up, but oh my gosh, well, I'd give everything to you to try to like make sure that this relationship stays healthy, you know, yeah. and stays God-centered and that I honor you and respect you in this. And and I feel like ideally my first marriage, I wanted that, but yeah. I don't think I really understood what that meant. And that's what I mean by rookie. Is like, I absolutely believe that the Lord could have restored my first marriage um, I believe that that was, and I believe that that was his divine will, and I believe that he gives us free choice, and so he gives us the will to choose, and therefore he can make beauty from the ash. Just because somebody chooses something different doesn't mean that he can't yeah. create beauty for, for me. Yeah, I really believe that God could have reconciled it, and it could have, and it would have been beautiful, and I think that's what happens, like in marriages that stick it out, is you you stick it out mm. and you figure it out. And then it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's why you say for better or for worse in sickness and in health. Like, that's why you say that. Because it's not like, oh, it might get worse. No, it's going to. Mm-hmm. It's going to get bad. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. But if you stick through it and you walk through that, the Lord will bring so much beauty Yeah,
0: follow through Mm -hmm. and commitment, true commitment to not just, I'll stick around when it's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to ask then, so you both go to church and you guys are both Christians. So you particularly, when you were going through your divorce, Mm -hmm. how did the church, aka other believers, Mm -hmm. help or not help in that
1: process? Well, I had a very supportive community around me. I actually was going to a different church than I am now, the same church that I had met my ex-husband. And I was involved in a drama group, and that group just came around me. There was two members in the group, that were husband and wife, that offered up their guest house for me to live in for six months just Uh, to heal um wonderful i had like that group i remember like they sent me flowers on valentine's day they were constantly praying for me they were constantly like checking in on me asking me to do things i I had a beautiful supportive community that completely was godly and acted like christ i love that we Mm -hmm. um
0: so last week's episode, uh, we had Lisa Duffy on, and she mm-hmm. talked about her book, Dating After Divorce, and she talks about divorce being like bereavement, mm-hmm. like losing your spouse to death, mm-hmm. but no one thinks about people that are divorced mm-hmm. experiencing the pain in that same way, so often when you uh, when someone dies, you send that person flowers or food, or, food, yeah. or you, know, you check in mm-hmm. on them. And I guess you do too. I just feel like it's not as common, and I'm, I'm love mm-hmm. that. I love that you have had that. That you did have that community to think mm-hmm. about sending you flowers and to make, yeah. check in on you. In the same way that, like we said earlier, like it is like losing someone mm-hmm. in death, because mm-hmm. especially in the way that your ex husband just left and completely fell off the earth. It was mm-hmm. like there was almost no warning. There was just like cold turkey. What are you supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. And so I'm so pleased that the the church of God. Good job, church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did something right. Like yeah. <laughs>
1: but great. And also, I, I attended this, I don't know if you call it Bible study, but it's called Divorce Care. It was started by a Christian man. And they, give, they basically, like, they almost explain what's happening because divorce is on the PTSD list. So, like, the trauma that's going on, like, you're breaking down, like, emotions that you're feeling and why you're feeling that way and, like, how to cope, but it's through the lens of, of like, a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. That was also, like, incredibly helpful to me. I felt like I just, I pressed into the church and they pressed straight back and they...
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to, to hear that you did have that.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> even though
0: you did have that, what would you say, and I don't know if you've had other people in your life that have experienced this other than, obviously, mm-hmm. your current boyfriend, but what could the church do better to help those going through divorce? And, mm-hmm. you know, do you have you befriended other people going through this and that may not have had the same kind of community as you mm-hmm. or the same sort of support, and you saw that, and, you know, it's so great to see that and then feel so fortunate to have the friends that we have but did you see any lack that other people might have been or or how could have how could the church just generally think about this better and, and care for those that are going through divorce better
1: um that's such a great question i feel like because it's interesting uh, you know let's say 50 years ago i was going through the same thing i don't feel like i probably would have been received as well as I am now. Mm. Um, because God does not love divorce. God hates divorce. Mm. He's very clear about that. He gives two biblical, kind of uh, like, okay, divorces, this divorce is like acceptable, but like that's it. He says adultery, and he says if the unbelieving spouse leaves. So I understand where like a lot of the, um, sh- you know, oh, you, oh, you've been divorced, like, this is a sin that's, that seems to be unforgivable. I think it was probably like the hot topic sin of the day in the 50s, you know, kind of like homosexuality is now mm-hmm. or something. But I think the, the problem that happens is that the, they don't understand the full circumstances and therefore they're just putting like one cure to the diagnosis without really understanding what the diagnosis is. Mm. So what I mean by that is like, my situation was that I had no say in that I was going to be divorced. Like, it was happening without anything that I was choosing to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like, let's say, on the opposite end, I had a lot of thoughts. Um, My ex-husband and I worked for this ministry. We did, like, videos and stuff for a big nonprofit uh, ministry, and they knew what was going on they knew that he had left and I don't know exactly how much they knew about the story but they continued to hire my ex-husband and I don't know if there was any conversations had about that but I was like to me I was like if you know there's a verse in the bible that's like if your brother is falling like go and, and and help him you know and if there's if if there's reconciliation like go to the elders and and I feel like you know the church is a place that, that also like must, I don't know what the word, like, I guess uphold righteousness. I mean, there still needs to be like, Hey, I want to tell you like right now, this, this, these seeds that you're sowing, they're not going to reap a good harvest. And I want to step in. I want to come alongside you. I want to like disciple you in this. Um, and so I think too often we go, Oh, well that's like a bad sin so we're just going to we're not going to have any association mm-hmm. instead of like diagnosing like hey this person could actually just use a mentor right now this mm-hmm. person could use somebody to come alongside them and like speak truth to them because they may not have anybody else in their life that is speaking truth so i think like on both ends it's not just all about like love and acceptance like love also like has to have um it has to speak truth and i feel like you know so often the church gets a bad rap for the unacceptance and that and that's probably it's very well deserved and it's i'm not saying that oh we should just be lovey-dovey with everyone and mushy and whatever no we need to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves and we need to start like asking the right questions and really like getting into that relationship and like well what does this person need right now like you know, is this person, whoa, like, what you're doing right now, you're going, you're going right into the fire, and Mm -hmm. I want to stop you, I want to help you, I want to come alongside you, Um, and I I just don't think, I think right now we we have a lot of big churches, and we have a lot of churches that are, uh, have an estranged congregation, Mm -hmm. they don't know their elders, they don't know their pastor, they don't, they're not really in community with anybody, so they're just going, they're getting a sermon, they're doing their worship, they're checking something off the list, and then they're leaving, but like, you know, I, I don't know what, th- I, I think a lot of, you know, our pastor's been talking a lot about being sent and being missional and living missionally and living like Jesus and being in community and relationship with, with people. And I, I just feel like the church has got to start doing that. We have mm-hmm. got to start, like, knowing our congregation, knowing our brothers and sisters, and, and really asking questions, not just assuming that we know what's going on with them through their Facebook feed. Yeah. Totally.
0: Good. Mm-hmm so what have you learned in your marriage to inform how you date after already being married Mm, that's so good so much (laughs) (laughs) um
1: well first I feel like uh in my in my first relationship I sort of dated like well I like this person and this is what I want this is what Jacqueline wants now I'm like, God, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And what, you know, like every single step of the way I'm checking in with the Lord and saying, like, is this okay for me to continue? Is this okay for, like, um, because honestly, like, I have learned that an obedient life is a life that is fruitful. And that's not to say that I won't suffer, but that is to say that, like, I can, I I can cause a lot of my own suffering which I think you know I reaped a lot of what I sowed in my marriage I had to live with that um I still have to live with that and so even like down to asking the Lord if like I could date Jeff um and uh asking the Lord like okay well what does this look like if you know I'm writing a book right now and asking the, you know, it, it became clear that, like, Jeff's going to write a chapter in it. But, like, I didn't just ask him. Like, I asked for confirmation. I, I had this prompting, and then I said, okay, Lord, can you confirm it? And he did, and he confirmed it three times. And it was like, okay. Um, so really, like, putting God at the forefront and not putting, like, my own desires and hopes at the forefront. Um, I also think purity-wise... Um, I mean, I was a virgin but when I got married, but we pushed every limit, um, and this time around, it's like, where's your heart? Where's your heart in this? Like, I'm not asking now, like, well, what's the line? Like, what, what, like, now I'm like, where's my heart in relationship to the cross? Yeah. Because Because, um, not that I think that, like, God's going to, like, spite me if I cross some sort of, like, boundary, like, uh, you know, whatever, but... Yeah. But because I'm like, Lord, like I, I want to honor you and I want you to be the greatest thing in this relationship. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard. I'm just going to say that right now. That is so hard. So that, um, also being very intentional about our communities, uh, making sure that like we are in, we are both in our own communities and those communities are like mm-hmm. kind of coexisting not just being alone, but like going out with, with his friends and going out with my friends and making it um, uh, a point to to not isolate. Because yeah. I think that so often, you know, you really, you're in love with this person and you want to like isolate and just be in your own little cocoon. And that, I think one of the major problems that happened at the end of my marriage was that we were in a cocoon. Yeah. And, and at that point, it got too bad to where nobody could speak into our lives because they weren't involved. You know, we had friends, but they were not, you know, I want accountability partners. Oh, and that's the other thing is having a mentor. Having a mentor has totally changed my life. A mentor Um, for you and for Jeff or mm -hmm. a mentor, like a couple mentor for both of you? No, like I have a mentor and he has a mentor. Fantastic. And so when you go through things that like might be a little bit unfounded and I might get a little bit like, like I, you know, I think you asked me earlier, like what has been the residual hurt? I have had residual hurt where it's like, "Mm, I don't trust this. And it's like, is this founded? I don't know. And I've had constantly to go to my mentor and say like, this is what's going on. And she'll tell me the truth she'll say like no that's unfounded or maybe you should ask this question. And I think having somebody who's a little bit further in the game, you know, they don't have to be you don't they don't necessarily have to be like the old wise Yoda. They just have to be a little further in the game than you yeah. and spiritually mature and to be able to like really speak truth into your life and the Lord has blessed me with that. And that has been, you know, she prays with with me and she prays for us and (laughs) when she met Jeff man she put him through the ringer like she was asking really hard questions that's the other thing is I feel like you know we we all when we want we introduce our significant other to our friends like we're all trying to be polite (laughs) no we need to ask questions we need to like get deep and really get real and like see what these people are made of like we we do not have enough years on this earth to waste so, Amen. like your friends know you the best, your mentor, your family—they know you the best. So when when this person comes in, I'm not saying like be mean, but ask these people hard questions. Like really, like see what they're made of. You know, like yeah, uh, what's that image of like something like you shake it and then like whatever's left at the top at the you know top is like the real Oh, uh, yeah, like sifting sifting uh, wheat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's good. Yeah. I mean, we had a whole episode of just like red flags and like one of the things is definitely your friends and are able to see from the outside looking in mm-hmm. in an objective way that like you being in love like are not going to see just these blinded, things yeah. Yeah. right and again that's not to say that we're all we're all flawed so it's not mm-hmm. to say that like every little thing that pops up no but what you're saying and i agree is ask the hard questions and find out what this person is really really in their heart of hearts is made of uh, thinks about Uh, What are their priorities? Mm -hmm. Um, Because in the end, if you are thinking of any sort of longevity, those are the things that matter, Mm -hmm. you know? Not how he makes you feel Mm -hmm. in this moment, Mm -hmm. you know? Is he going to follow through? Is he going to stick it out through the hard stuff? Mm -hmm. And what I love about your story is that both of you have had the same story in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. and you both know how to speak this language of hurt, Mm -hmm. that the other one is not going to be intimidated by Or defensive about, they understand. Mm -hmm. And I love that.
1: You're not like, neither of you are trapped in your stories. You know, like, you're, oh, it's, you're yeah. using your stories to move forward, and, like, mm-hmm. I really love the healthiness and positivity mm-hmm. of, like, you recognizing how much he loved his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And know? validating that, and yeah. not just
0: being resentful, and rather be like, oh, jealous well, I'm, or... I'm better than, her, or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's okay, because you both, that was, that was a moment in time, and it could have been great for that time, and then it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I think it is healthy for both of you, and any of us going through any sort of, break up, mm-hmm. to recognize there were good times, mm-hmm. and to honor that, because I think it is so easy to just be resentful, and to be caught up in that, and to let it fester, and that just not being healthy at all, right. so this is, it's a wonderful example that you guys are setting, and I, I you know, like I told you when I first found out, I'm mm-hmm. so excited, <laughs> just because I do see the love that you have for each other, and the mutual respect you have for each other's past. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think that is beautiful so I know you already laid out some uh, sound wonderful wise advice uh, but any other thoughts to advice for singles or people that may be going through divorce or even breakup or even just being single and you know being frustrated in waiting for the one because certainly after having been divorced and then waiting a time I'm sure there was that frustration of is it ever going to happen for real well do you want to get married again like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i do yeah any Mm -hmm.
1: advice for those that are waiting yes um i would say be the person that you're looking for Mm. so don't look for the person start working on yourself to be that person to be the person that somebody goes what's different about them Mm -hmm. Um, because I remember when I was, like, first starting therapy, my therapist said to me, what we do in here is not going to bring him back, but it will move you forward. And I I think, like, in my brokenness, I was like, just make me feel better. (laughs) Um, And I didn't realize the significance of that, but um, relationships are so hard, and we make them seem so fluffy and wonderful in the movies, but they take... So much work. And I cannot emphasize it enough that you have to know yourself. Like you have to know who you are. You have to be, um, you have to be chased. Like I I feel like one of the most beautiful things about Jeff is that I was chasing God. And then I turned and I looked and there was this person in the race with me who was Mm. chasing God just as fast and just as hard. Mm. And now we're just holding hands doing it. That's wonderful and we're not like turning in towards each other. You know, I feel like that's a little bit of like we try to we try to find ourselves in somebody else instead yeah. of like making the other like we should be the person that makes the other person better. Um so I definitely think that the wait is like this your time. You know, and people are like, oh, my god, my, you know, whatever. It is your time to chase like to to chase whatever God has like put on your, on your heart. And I also think like so many people say, Oh, that's when it happens when you're not looking for somebody. And the truth is that when I finally said to the Lord, like, God, if, if, if it's just you and me, yeah. that is okay. Yeah. And I meant it. Like I was not, I I mean, cause Jeff asked me out a couple times and I was like, well, I'm not dating right now. <laughs> um, so I, you, I think we have to, I think, there's a, a really healthy place to be like I I am okay in me and I am I'm um, I'm just okay to be single, and if some, God brings somebody along, great. And if He doesn't, that is okay. Because any other way, we're gonna try to manipulate it. We're gonna try to justify, you know, what's God, you know, somebody that's not God's best for us. Mm-hmm. And, and we just never want to do that. Like, that just never works. Like, I remember thinking in my first, I, I think I knew about three months into that relationship that I let last, like, two more months after my divorce, I think God was, like, starting to make it clear, like, here are reasons why this isn't going to work or mm-hmm. this isn't. And he wasn't, he wasn't, yeah, he had just made it clear. And I just so badly, I think, wanted to justify it. And, you know, that's just never going to work. Like, we've got to. And thank God that, like, I finally was just like, okay, like, I just let go. And, like, this doesn't. Something about, like, there's just a piece. There's not a piece that I'm getting. Like, I've got to check in my spirit about it. Um... I think that's a good word that. When we try to
0: justify something, mm-hmm. there's, some, there's something yeah, wrong because you right? are automatically on the defensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is God that justifies. And and that God will make things
1: clear. In so many things, like not just relationships, but like jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, Basically any choice that we make. You yeah, know? So it's good. It's mm-hmm. good. And I would say one more thing. If you're going through a breakup or you're going through a divorce, be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um when I was in that divorce care, I remember going one day and, and I, I I couldn't stop crying. I physically could not stop crying. and everybody was like trying to say what they what they thought was gonna like make me feel better and I, like nothing was making me feel better. And the, one of the ladies at the divorce care said to me, I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I physically cannot stop crying. And she said, um. Jacqueline, divorce is on the PTSD list, and you're traumatized. And if if you can't stop crying, that's okay. Like, just be gentle with yourself. Like, if you need to cry, let yourself cry. Yeah. So I feel like we, we try so hard to get out of the pain, but if we press into the pain and we, like, press into the Lord in that pain of, like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to turn and not deal with this. I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to deal with it head on. I'm going to press into it and let it be that. Then the, then like God is going to take care of you. Yeah. He is like, there will be healing. I can yeah. promise you that. Like as true as my name is Jacqueline, he will bring healing, but you cannot run from that pain. Wonderful.
0: So you were talking about a book mm-hmm. that you read after divorce. You want to tell us
1: about that? Yes, the book was called "The Bait of Satan," and it's by John Bevere. And it is a book that I will constantly read throughout my life because it's so important. I think um, it talks about how Satan will use offenses, meaning like we feel like wronged by someone, to destroy and steal so much from our lives. So. I actually started reading the book within weeks of my ex husband leaving, and I remember. So it, there was a few stories, but one in particular was Joseph when Joseph's brothers, um, oh, yeah. you know, leave him for dead mm-hmm. in the pit, yeah. and how he he brought to light the part about how so Joseph's brothers come back, like, you know, Joseph goes through all, like, Mm -hmm. you know, horrible things. Like, Mm -hmm. he's sold into slavery, and then Potiphar's wife is like, oh, he raped me when he didn't, and then he's in prison, and then the cook doesn't remember him, like, in prison, and then finally he's, like, you know, raised to this place where he's at the right hand of Pharaoh, and uh, his brothers come back to him, you know, begging for food, and he recognizes them. And um, John says in the book that, He's like, if God had not dealt with him in forgiving his brothers and the offense, he very easily could have killed his brothers. And from that line comes Jesus. Mm-hmm. So oh. then, then you go back and you're like, okay, well then the Lord never would have raised him up. Like he never, the Lord never would have allowed Joseph to be to have beauty for his ashes. And I was like, whoa you know, like, that just was so mind-blowing to me, and I thought about, like, Joseph being in that prison, and just, like, going through over and over, like, well, what did I say to my brothers, and why did they do this, and and what are they doing now, and, like, all those thoughts that you have kind of in breakups of, like, are they thinking about me, are they okay, I'm not okay, like, why did they do that thing, and then, you know, you go down that trail of... (laughs) all the wrongs that this person has done to you and why, you know, what you would say to them now if they would just cross your path, like I would tell them, yeah. you know? And and then just um, giving that to God. One of the verses that I stood on was Exodus 14, 14, which says, you need only be still and I will fight for you. And that is so true. Like I, I have no – like, when I tell you I am not bitter and I am not mad, that is a miracle.
0: Yeah.
1: And if I was, I don't think that I would be in the place that I'm in now. I don't think that I could move forward. Yeah. Because I would be so busy looking behind me.
0: Well, t- two things. One, the story of Joseph is my favorite book of the, or st- favorite story. And every time, like, I'm reading through it or it's read out loud in church or something, and and they read the verse what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Even mm-hmm. now, I'm like getting a yeah. little too. Early. It's so beautiful because mm-hmm. it's that man and men. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they can have their evil thoughts and intentions and actions towards you, but God is so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. And so too, Exodus, Exodus, oh, Exodus, Exodus, <laughs> Exodus fourteen, fourteen is my favorite verse. Oh, seriously? Oh. So when I was going through a horrible... Period of breakup. My one of my best friends. She she said, "Take that verse and write it on your mirror." So I had it on my my bathroom mirror for a little over a year. And Mm -hmm. yeah, well, thank you, Jacqueline, for sharing Mm -hmm. your story with us and having the conversation. It's really difficult. And thank you for the hope that your story has, and um, for the positivity that you can shed on it. Because I know, like we said. It's so easy to be embittered, but when we really embrace God and in the context of God's timing and God's majesty and His grace, mm-hmm. you know, we can really see past that pain. And even though there are things to still work through, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, i love I love hearing your story that it is going in this direction, that you're choosing to go in this direction because yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of the times it is also our choice. Mm-hmm. there is there is a time to mourn there is also a time to dance and to move forward so if you have any questions comments or feedback please email us at fishers of men podcast at gmail.com or on our website at fishers of men podcast.com we are also on facebook under fishers of men and on twitter as elegonfishing. we are also on instagram at fishers of men podcast there's an underscore between each word please rate and make comments on itunes it's really helpful for other people to find us I'm Lara Samara. I'm Marianne Shepard. Until next time, keep swimming.